get outside and notice something that you have not noticed before. So maybe that's, you know, in a local park near you to find a completely different plant that you've never noticed before, or even go outside at night and find a star that you've never seen before. Welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. Join me, your host, Samantha Nagel, a certified integrative nutrition health coach, poet, witch, and work in progress for grounding meditations, inspiring interviews, and reflections about spirituality, holistic health, and the world around us. Join in every Thursday as we explore what empowered spirituality means to us in today's world. Hi, and welcome to Empowered Spirituality. My name is Samantha Nagel, and I'm so excited to bring you this episode with my friend, Steph, who is the host of the podcast, Witch Wednesdays. Um, But before we get into that episode, I'd like to reflect a little bit on what it's like or what I mean when I say that I'm a witch. Um, So I've come out, quote unquote, come out as a witch um, on the podcast uh, and subsequently (laughs) in my own life. Uh, cause it's, you know, it's on the internet forever. Um, so people know now, um, and it can feel weird to say that I'm a witch. And I feel like there's a lot of, I don't feel like I know there's a lot of, um, there's a lot with that word, right? There's a lot with that word. And not that long ago, women were being burned at the stake for being witches, uh, and also for like not being witches, right. For just being a woman. Um, so the word, which I think why it's so important for me to classify myself as a witch, because it's taking back so much of the power. And I'd actually love to read you an excerpt from women who run the wolves. If you know me by now, you know, this is my absolute favorite book and I'm not even halfway done yet. <laughs> my best friend gave me this, uh, oh, actually my best friend who was Uh, in the episode in season one about healing the earth and healing ourselves, uh, she gave me this amazing book and I'm still reading it a year later (laughs) because it's so beautiful. Um, But this comes from, I think it's chapter two or three. Um, It's the story of Baba Yaga and Vasilisa, uh, which I couldn't help but notice was very similar to Cinderella before it was um, adapted and made worse. Um, So I'm going to read a paragraph to you. In this initiation drama, Baba Yaga is the instinctive nature in the guise of the witch. Like the word wild, the word witch has come to be understood as pejorative, but long ago it was an appellation given to both old and young women healers. The word witch deriving from the word wit, meaning wise. This was before cultures carrying the, own, the one God-only religious image began to overwhelm the older cultures which understood the deity through multiple religious images of the universe and all its phenomena. But regardless, the ogress, the witch, the wild nature, and other creatures and integral aspects of the culture finds awful in the psyches of women are the very blessed things which women often need most to retrieve and bring to the surface. Oh my goodness, isn't that beautiful? And so 
did you know, did you know that the word witch just comes from the word wise? And so much of harnessing my own witchiness is harnessing my own wisdom and also my innate power. Um, so I, it's no secret that uh, I'm not a Christian and that growing up in a situation with Christianity all around me, being the predominant only right path uh, was very, very, very harmful to me. Um, but that's also not saying that Christianity in general or um, practices of Christianity or people that are Christians are inherently bad or that I dislike them inherently. Not at all. I actually think the teachings of Jesus are very, very beautiful. And there are lots of Christian people that I really love and um, respect and get along with and seek their wisdom and their advice from. So when I say all this and, you know, just in every episode, when you hear me voice my grief um, or voice my frustration with these things, it's never ever a personal attack. And it's never ever even an attack on the religion itself. Um, it's an attack on, not even an attack, it's a criticism and a reflection of the pain that I experienced in, in very specific situations. Um, so anyways, um, when, things were Christianized um, and kind of taken over, that's when we saw a disconnect from what we intuitively knew to be true from our intuition and from our own wild woman nature, as that book so beautifully reminds me over and over and over again. Um, that's my train of thought. <laughs> but um, we were we're so often separated from that. And not only that, but we're told that that part of us is evil or wrong. And me and Steph kind of touch on that a little bit. Um, but I just want to say being a witch and like believing in magic and energy is not evil. It's not dark. Um, and yeah, I think when I, when I tell people I'm a witch, which is also not often, right? Uh, I like, if I can avoid it, I don't tell people that. I might say I'm spiritual or maybe nothing at all uh, because it still makes me cringe. And I still hear people saying like, oh, she's a witch or like I grew up with that being a bad word and a scary thing to be labeled. And now it's something I'm still integrating as something I'm really freaking proud of and and really embody. Um, oh, and by the way, this is a side note, but I started reading a fiction book called The Season of Witches by Rachel Griffin. Hold on, let me look it up. Okay, I'm glad I checked. It's called The Nature of Witches by Rachel Griffin. And it is so, so good. It's fiction, um, but I saw on the cover that Rachel uh, identifies as a spring witch, which I thought was really neat and kind of made more sense as I started reading the book. TLDR, it's about... Um, climate change and like the climate crisis that we're in and in this fictional world witches control the climate and so people were like ah the witches got it and uh the main character she's like a 17 year old girl is an evergreen I think um and that's where she harnesses all of the seasons of the witch or all the seasons of the year and can use all of those magically but most people have a specific season that they work best in uh, so I thought that was really interesting. And Steph kind of touches on this when we both say, actually, that we hate summer, <laughs> that 
And so we're getting close to summer. We're in spring still, but we're getting close to summer and I'm not a summer witch, I guess is all I'm learning. I think I'm an autumn or, or winter witch. Um, but we also talk about springtime and how to embody springtime and how to use springtime in our practices. Um, other things we talk about was, are the, was the <laughs> journey that Steph took to witchcraft and how she found that for herself, which I thought was a really interesting story that I didn't really know. We also talked about the fact that Steph is very confident and has always been confident. And I am surprised because I don't know what that's like. <laughs> my journey to my confidence and to taking up space and to like even reclaiming the word witch is a long one and not one I'm going to be done with anytime soon. Um, we also talk about the quote unquote broom closet. Maybe you've heard this before. And she has a lot of great episodes on her podcast, Witch Wednesdays, about how to practice magic when you're still hiding that from others. And so she gives a little bit of advice. Um, she also gives some really great ideas for a little daily life magic that you can do. One of her examples was stirring intention into your coffee. Maybe you've heard that one before. Um, and by the way, Steph has a really awesome Patreon page. And I can't believe I uh, wasn't a patron before this, but I am now. She releases content almost every day of the week, if you include her podcast and her YouTube. And she has a lot of spells on her Patreon. Um, and we also talk about the four main methods of magic, uh, which is really, really interesting and something I didn't know. And we also talk about how to be a beginner in the world of witchcraft. Um, I really, really loved this uh, episode with Steph. Um, if you want to listen to her podcast called Witch Wednesdays, um, there are new episodes every Wednesday morning uh, about a new topic in witchcraft, and they're aimed at teaching beginner information and in the history of the practice, which is really interesting, by the way. I'm sure you've heard me rant, but pretty much any holiday we celebrate uh, has an origin in like pagan roots or witchcraft roots. Um, and you can learn more about Steph at her website, which is just witchwednesdays.com. So I hope you enjoy. And yeah, if you do, let us know. Hello and welcome to Empowered Spirituality. I'm joined with Steph, who's the host of the podcast, Witch Wednesdays. Hi, Steph. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having me. I am well and very excited to be here. Hey, I'm so excited to have you here. Awesome. Well, I'm going to start the episode by doing a card pull. Um, that's something new we've done this season and it's been super fun so far. Um, and I'm going to be pulling a, a card from the Divine Feminine Oracle deck by Mag Megan Watterson. I'm very excited to see what we get. Me too. So this card could be for me, for you, or for anyone listening or all three. I think I've heard of this deck, but I don't know. I mean, I definitely don't own it, but I don't know if I've seen it in person, but I think it's a fairly popular one, isn't it? I think so. Uh, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, and the one that I pulled is Lilith um, and her, Ooh. yeah, her uh, little tagline is the first woman and I'll use the guidebook. I absolutely love Lilith. She was one of my all-time favorites. Really? <laughs> In, yeah, so I love I love that card. Yeah, in um, in 
you know, mythology and, and biblical references. I, I love Lilith. I love the story of Lilith. That's like, how much more empowered can you get than Lilith? <laughs> oh, can you tell us the story? Yes. So um, Lilith is considered the first woman and the mother of all demons because she was uh, originally made with Adam, not from Adam, like Eve was. And she didn't like it. God wanted her to be subservient. Adam wanted her to be subservient to him. And she did not want to be subservient to a man. So she did not want to stay with him in the garden. And she did not want to be his second. So she went off and did her own thing um, before Eve came around. So uh, she is considered in, in the Bible, she's a more negative figure in, in Christianity, but outside of Christianity. So in the Bible, you know, she is considered like the mother of demons, like things, things went badly. So all demons, um, sprung from Lilith, but outside of Christianity, that's actually a pretty powerful figure and empowering imagery. So I love Lilith. That is so cool. And her, um, full voice meditation that the book gives us is what does the life I truly desire look like? Oh, that is, that's a great sentiment too. I know. And I feel like it ties so perfectly in what we're going to talk about, um, especially like being yourself and like really reclaiming your witchiness or whatever your identity is, even if um, there's like pushback from other people. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, cool. Um, so I'm sure we're going to have a lot of Lilith energy in this episode, which is so oh, I think so. <laughs> Um, but before we get into all things, uh, the first woman, (laughs) um, I would love to hear about your podcast, Witch Wednesdays. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Listeners, if you have not heard from me before, uh, I run the podcast Witch Wednesdays and I have been, we are in the third year now. I started at the very beginning of 2020 and it has progressed over the years through lots of beginner witchcraft topics. So definitely went in order in the beginning. So the episodes could build on each other and give like a ton of foundational information for those that are completely new to the practice of witchcraft. So if you are new and have not listened to me before, go ahead and start back in in season one uh, to get all of that information. But if you are more advanced, then you can pick up anywhere in season two and three Uh, Those episodes are meant to be for more intermediate and advanced practitioners, and it just covers a whole range of different witchcraft topics. And lately, I have been having guests like Samantha, who was on the (laughs) podcast back in January. (laughs) She was my first guest this year, actually. Uh, And I have been doing some just interviews and um, letting other witches share their voice and their story, uh, just chatting about all things witchcraft. So there is a ton of content for you to go check out if you're interested. And the podcast is so good. It's one of my absolute favorites, which is why it was such an honor to be on and such an honor to have you here today. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so that is so cool. And I'm always really curious to hear about people's kind of journey to being a witch and what that looked like. So my journey is interesting, but also not, 
not anything traumatic, thankfully, mm. because I have had a lot of listeners, which is one of the reasons that I have guests on. I have a lot of listeners who come from backgrounds that are really not accepting of witchcraft or leaving the religion that they were born in. So I have never had that issue. So I love having guests on that can chat about that. So yeah. my story is much less dramatic, but still fun. Uh, I was raised Roman Catholic. Both of my parents were Catholic before I was born. So I was baptized, all that stuff. I went to Catholic school my entire life. And I don't think I ever connected with the religion, not like one single moment. Like I distinctly remember as a kid, I would go to um, classes. They're called CCD here. I don't know that they're called CCD everywhere because I feel like someplace in there might be Stanford, Chicago. So, but it's like the Catholic um, education classes that kids attend uh, before they have their um, first communion and confirmation, all those things. And I distinctly remember going to those classes and not connecting with a single thing that the teachers were saying. I just memorized what I needed to, to satisfy the, the class. Like you had to, you know, memorize like the prayers and the Bible verses. And I just remember none of it making sense. I was like, nothing in this Bible, like it, it, it speaks to me, makes sense to me. There yeah. was no point where um, they would, you know, teach you how to do prayers and your parents were encouraged to do prayers with you. And there was like, at no point was I saying those prayers that I thought somebody was actually out there listening to them. Like it, I mm. did not, I don't think I ever connected with that. So when I was in high school, um, again, a Catholic high school, I took a class called world religions. Uh, and that was like really the first time that I was like, oh my gosh, look at all of these things that exist out in the world that are not Roman Catholicism. Like I, I was blown away by all of these different options because that's all I was raised in. That's all I had. The, uh, suburb that I grew up in was heavily Jewish, but again, between Roman Catholic and Jewish, they overlap quite a bit. Um, they just don't believe in the new Testament in Judaism, but for practical purposes and, and growing up as kids, like we believed a lot of the same, or we're taught a lot of the same stuff. So when I got to high school and got to read like this world religions book, it was like a whole new world of other options that were out there. Wow. And it did not specifically talk about Wicca or witchcraft in there. It was more um, like a lot of Eastern influences. So mm -hmm. Shinto and Taoism, Buddhism, yeah. Hindu. So, but I was still fascinated that there were all of these other options. So that was the first time that I really was like, oh, okay, I can do my own thing. I can figure out something else. Yeah. And uh, then I went to college and did absolutely nothing related to spirituality. <laughs> so like one way or another, like college was just like a black hole of, you know, sorority parties and tailgates. And <laughs> I didn't do anything to better myself during those college years. Let's be honest. Um, and then I came back here to Chicago to go to law school. And oh. that was the first time that I really sort of like looked into witchcraft specifically. And that's because um, I think people who have gone to graduate school in general know very clearly the idea of having a lucky talisman 
Mm. that everybody like has, like we have these finals that are crazy that your entire grade is this one, you know, final that you have to take at the end of the year. And it's ridiculous stress levels that everybody's like, I need to have my lucky pen. I need to sit in my lucky chair. I need, you know, (laughs) I need to have like my lucky coffee or something before. And I was like, where does this idea come from that we are all so convinced that this little totem is lucky. Like, why do we think that? Where does that come from? So that is how I really started looking into witchcraft and realizing that there was something behind this idea of having something lucky. So that's where like my ideas started. I, you know, thought, thought of witchcraft when I was little, but that was like based on watching the craft and Mm -hmm. (laughs) different you know, witchy TV shows and practical magic, all of those things. And it never really occurred to me that that was real. Like, obviously not every part of the craft <laughs> practical, <laughs> practical magic is, is real or charmed, of course not, but there are, you know, real influences in it. Like you take charmed, like the book of shadows is real. There are things that they do in there, like symbols that they draw and words that they say that are real in the world of witchcraft. So but yeah, can't shoot fire, can't move things with my mind. Like it's not real. <laughs> um, so I think law school was the first time that it occurred to me that um, witchcraft could actually be something. So I started researching and practicing then, and really sort of dropped the idea of religion altogether. Like I didn't even bother trying to find different gods that I believed in. I just kind of left it there, and yeah. now. Um, I consider myself more of an animist. So everything has its own spiritual essence. So I believe that every, Mm. um, not just every person, but every uh, animal, every tree, plant, rock, everything out there has its own energy and its own spiritual essence and should be treated with respect. And that's sort of how how I view things now in my spiritual and witchcraft practice. And uh, I have been that way now for, let's see, I graduated law school in 2010. (laughs) So uh, it's been a few years of practicing this way. And I luckily have not run into any uh, issues with my family and friends. I've always been a very confident, take it or leave it type of person. I'm like, this is what I believe and what I do. And if you don't like it, we don't need to be friends. And I'm okay with that. And I've never had anybody give me any sort of grief or pushback from it. So. Wow. That is my story. (laughs) That is so cool. And one thing that I really love about your podcast is that you really talk about the history and the origins of all these things. And so I love that that's really the thing that got you involved in this in the first place. Yes, I am a big history nerd as long as it's not being forced on me. Like I did not do great in my history classes in like high school or college because it, it wasn't particularly what I was interested in. And, um, you know, those textbook versions of history are very like one-sided or pushed one way, you know, growing up in America, like yeah. the, the civil war is taught here very differently than it is in England. So you know, it's um, very different having to take those history classes in like that type of setting. So learning it on my own is, I'm a total nerd for that. I love doing that aspect of it. Yeah, right. I hear that. I love learning, but when it's in a structured environment where I don't want to learn things, (laughs) I don't like it so much. (laughs) 
Um, so you mentioned always being a confident person and I'd really love to touch on that. And that's such the, the Lilith energy too. And I personally have a really hard time being that confident person and not being a people pleaser. And so were you always like that? I was always like that. I am the opposite of of a people pleaser. Like the more you tell me to do something, the more I'm not going to do it. Like I know, um, I have always been that way. I think, um, it is largely, first of all, I absolutely believe in astrology. So I am a Scorpio. So that says a lot about my personality (laughs) and, um, I think a lot of it is also in the way that I was raised. So I am an only child and I am adopted. So mm-hmm. huge confidence boost from both of those things, because like my, my parents picked me, they picked me, they wanted me and they didn't want anyone after me. So yeah. I felt, you know, very confident. And I think that that's why I was always very confident with witchcraft too. I'm like, no matter what I do, my parents have to love me. I have a choice. They picked me. They really yeah. wanted me. And I'm their only option. So they have to love me. So um, that made me very confident. And then also all of those Catholic schools that I went to over the years were all girls, Mm. went to all girls school. And, you know, people go back and forth on that a lot, but I think I got a lot out of going to an all girls school. I think that helped Mm. with confidence a lot just because, um, I never was given a sense that I couldn't do something because I think, uh, in, you know, mixed gender environments, there is pressure put on girls to be better at reading and English and boys are better at math and science. When you go to an all girls school, like there, there is no option for every single person in the classroom to be terrible at math and science. Like that's just, that's not, not real. Like you have there yeah. are girls who are excelling at that. So, and you know, there's no boys sports teams. So girls have to be good at sports. Like that's all there is on the team. So yeah. I think that led to uh, a lot of my confidence because I was like, girls can do anything. And, um, my dad was a doctor, always wanted me to be good at math and science. So I was at home. I was never given the option that, that you couldn't be good at those things. It was always like, girls can do anything, girl power all the way. So I feel like that was definitely part of my confidence too. And um, that carried into when I went to college, obviously I didn't go to an all girls college, um, but that carried into college. I was very confident with myself and very self-assured. I did not have a lot of the, I joined a sorority and I noticed um, a lot of the girls in my sorority having confidence Mm -hmm. issues um, like in class and you know, being around boys, it's like, no, we could do anything the boys can do. So I have always been that way. Lilith energy. Yeah, that is so cool. Um, and I feel like going to an all girls school might eliminate that feeling of like competition. That's so weirdly ingrained in our society that women are competing against each other for whatever thing for men or desires or jobs or grades, maybe grades in your case, but yeah. Do you feel like your relationship with women has been healthier because of that? Oh, absolutely. I, um, I love other women get along with other women. Great. I can make friends anywhere. Um, and I have always said that any, like you mean 
female friends. Like you just do. <laughs> and I've always said that, um, I mean, nobody, now that I'm older, nobody really says this, but it was like the cool thing to say in high school and college to be like, oh, I don't get along with other girls. Like I don't have any girlfriends yeah. friends or guys. And like, I'm like, that is a huge red flag to me. I'm like, you need girlfriends. So like, yeah. I don't, I've always said like, if, if that's a something, you know, if in meeting a girl first 20 minutes, she says something like that. I'm like, oh, you are red flags all over. I, we are not going to get along very well. I'm like, I have yeah. lots of good girlfriends. You need them. So yeah, I do feel like I get along with women very well. That's so cool. And you're so right. There is a, uh, like a weird praise that comes along with being someone who doesn't get along with other women. And I don't, I don't know why that is. Cause we are awesome. And I love, yeah. I love men too. They offer a lot. I love my husband and I can do lots of, you know, typically manly tasks with him. I watch football with him and his brother every Sunday. I like those sorts of things too, but I also like going shopping with my uh, husband's sister-in-law, like we're, we have yeah. fun doing, you know, many petties and more like curly things. And I just feel like there's no real reason to divide that, um, gender lines. Like yeah. I just get along with people in general, but yeah, absolutely. I don't think, I think it's a red flag when people are like, Oh, I don't like other women. What, why? <laughs> I, know. I know, right? I know that is so cool. And you mentioned when you were talking about confidence that there was not really any pushback and you didn't really have to like fight with people about your witchcraft or your witch identity. Um, do you feel like you were able to come out of the quote unquote broom closet? Yeah, I, I, I don't even remember. I don't think I had a specific time where I was like announcing to people, this is what I'm doing. I just sort of was doing it and then they would notice and then I'd kind of explain it, but I've, never felt like I had to hide any of it. And yes, all my friends will tell you that I have a very um, like strong and forceful personality, um, which again, I think, you know, comes from confidence and confidence for my family life that like, you know what, even if somebody new doesn't like me, I still have, you know, great parents at home. And I have like good friends that I've been friends with since we were five years old that are not going to leave me. So if somebody new doesn't like me, it really doesn't affect me that much. Wow. So yeah. I've always been open with the witchcraft and like, if you don't like it, take it or leave it situation. So. Wow. That is so cool. I am the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I do think, um, it's an anomaly and I have, um, I have a friend who is the total opposite too, that she's like not confident. And when somebody doesn't like her, it drives her crazy. Like, she's just like, I don't understand why this person, you know, is, is mad at me or doesn't like me. I'm like, girl, come on. You don't need them. <laughs> Unimportant. She's like being around you makes me so much more confident. I'm like, good. I like that. I know. Well, I hope everyone listening also feels it too. Yeah. Sending a little confidence your way, everybody. <laughs> um, that is so cool. Um, so for people who are in the broom closet, you talk about this a bit on your podcast. Um, do you have any kind of advice for those people? I do. Um, yeah, there's a lot of reasons to be in the broom closet or stay in the broom closet. Uh, the first one being the safety issue. If you um, are younger and living with parents or family that is not understanding, then staying in the broom closet until you're out of there is, is the best idea. Like safety comes first. 
So mm -hmm. if they're going to, you know, kick you out or, or harm you in any way, definitely stay in the broom closet. And then there are a lot of people who just want to remain in the broom closet and that's completely fine too. Mm -hmm. um, there's no reason or rule that says you have to talk about your spirituality, whatever that is. Mm. So staying in the broom closet is the same thing. Like if you, when you go to work, yes, maybe people talk about going to church on Christmas Eve because you're all taking off of work for Christmas. But other than that, really not sitting around talking about religion in the workplace. So being a witch is, is the same thing. Like maybe you just yeah. don't want to tell anybody. Maybe it's private to you um, and you have nothing to, to say to other people on the matter. I have lots to say because I have a podcast, but that's why I do. But a yeah. lot of people feel like, you know, it's, it's not their job to educate others and that's perfectly fine. So yes, I have lots of advice for if you want to, for whatever reason, stay in the broom closet. I think that's, you know, perfectly legitimate way to, to practice and to be, um, yeah. and yeah, I have a bunch of episodes on specific broom closet witchcraft, but I think that a lot of the things that are, you know, witchy or more pagan spiritual are becoming more mainstream enough that it doesn't look so witchy. Yeah. So, you know, essential oils and crystals come to mind. Like they, they sell crystals at urban outfitters now <laughs> of home decor. Um, yeah. lots of people have them that, that don't practice witchcraft. So, you know, that's a good way. Um, but essential oils and candles are very popular, uh, yeah. now for just scenting a room. And those can be set with your intention and used discreetly that nobody would be know that you are using them for witchcraft purposes. So I think there's a lot of things that you can tweak that you already have or could get easily and just put your yeah. intention into those find, um, you know, the candle color that matches what it is you're trying to achieve and go that route. Um, and yeah. nobody will know what your true purpose is for doing any of those things. I love that. And I love that with almost all of your holiday episodes, which are my favorite, um, you have ways to practice for someone who is in the room closet which I really yes, love. I, I love holidays. I love to be able to celebrate them. And obviously it's much easier to celebrate Yule and Samhain because they directly line up with Halloween. Yeah. But for the other ones, it can be a little trickier when they're not around like a secular holiday. Uh, so yeah. I do offer, you know, a lot of tips because I think it can be, you know, tricky, but there are a lot of you know, simple ways that that you, if you really want to, you know, celebrate, there's a lot of different ways that you can incorporate it without anyone knowing. Yeah. To me, magic is all about, um, what our intentions are. And I feel like your intentions can be set with anything, anywhere, anytime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I love that. And actually that kind of leads me into my next question for you, which is, um, and you actually asked me this on your podcast, but kind of how do you fit in, magic or witchcraft into your daily life? Oh, yes, I do love to ask this question on my podcast too, because I think we all have really different answers, but it is one yeah. of the things that comes up as a question from listeners all the time is that I am too busy to do anything. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and for that, I say that think of it like any other religion. So Christianity, yeah. for example, because that's what I am familiar with. So 
Christians may, you know, do something nice for other people. They may say prayers every night, but they only go to church on Sundays. Most of them. I mean, there are some people who go to church every day, but to yeah. spend that, you know, or plus going to a big service and, and doing the whole thing only happens once a week. So on the witchcraft side of things, if that's like the same amount of time that you have, like, why are you trying to do an hour long, you know, ritual or something every single day? Like other religions don't do that. So and don't, don't put the pressure on yourself is, is my first, you know, piece of advice. Other, other religion, other practices do not put that same um, sort of restrictions and, and high expectations on themselves. So if yeah. you can only commit to doing something once a week, that's okay. Like that's, you know, perfectly fine. It doesn't make you any, you know, less of a witch or any less of a pagan or whatever spirituality you practice. Um, doesn't make it any less if you can't do it every single day. So don't feel like you have to is my first piece of advice. Yeah. And for me, um, I just fit in small things daily. There is absolutely no way that I could fit in an hour. And I love rituals. I love long ones where I have herbs and candles and crystals, and it takes me an hour to do something. I love doing that, but I, there's, again, there's no way I'm doing that every single day. It, yeah. It just happen. It, it takes a lot of energy and I just will, and I just don't have the time. Um, so I do smaller things every single day. Um, and they are usually tied to the two elements that I you know, work most closely with or feel most drawn to. First is water. Um, mm. I am a water sign. Mm. And uh, for that, it is really easy for me to set intentions with my coffee in the morning. Like mm. that's yeah. super simple as I'm going through making through the coffee and just stirring it clockwise, stirring some cinnamon um, and setting an intention while I'm doing that. Um, shower spells are really easy for me like, to just make it sort of a magical shower, uh, mm. doing, you know, sigils like in the steam or in whatever oh, I'm cool. cooking. Uh, lots of ways that I use uh, water as just quick little intentions throughout my day, just to keep mm. myself mindful. Do you wish you had a better handle on your finances? Feel like it's time to invest, but you just don't know how? Well, it's not your fault. Most of us weren't taught how to manage our money growing up, but the team at Dow Janes is out to change that. I recently did a podcast episode with co-founder Britt Baker all about money and what holds women back. If you want to learn more, go to DowJanes.com and click the link to watch their free class, Think Like an Investor. Your future self will thank you. That's DowJanes.com. Go check it out. And then the other one is fire. And for me, that's like strictly candles. I think I light a candle every single day. Um, hmm. in my house. And I'm just very mindful when I do, I usually yeah. pick something that's the color of the energy that I want to have for that day. Uh, mm-hmm. and light it. I pick something with like a scent usually that aligns with my intention for the day or the yeah. energy that I want my home to have. So those are the two that 
I find really easy just to keep myself mindful every single day. And it's something witchy I can do every single day, but it's not that super long ritual. Mm, I love that. And I actually really loved something you said. Um, well, I love that you compared it to um, another religion because I feel like for me, at least, I tend to think that my spirituality isn't as important as other people's who have a like religion that they, like a set religion. Um, and so that really just reminded me that it's okay to give ourselves permission to prioritize our beliefs just as we would respect someone else's beliefs too. No, absolutely. Yes. I have, you know, my husband is, is still Catholic. He's always been Catholic. So, mm-hmm. and my mom goes to church every Sunday. So I have great respect for what they believe in. And I would never tell them you don't have time to go to church on Sunday. You should not yeah. be doing this. My husband still says prayers every night and he believes that, that God is listening to him and answering those prayers. I would never tell him that that's, you know, a waste of time that God's not yeah. listening. So like, why would I do that to myself saying that I don't, I don't have the time and it's not important. Like I would never say that to him. So. Mm. Yeah, that's so important. I love that. Thank you so much. And I love the, those little practical things are also really great for if you're trying to hide that you're a witch, you can, everyone drinks coffee or tea or water. Like you can easily make that into a little spell. Oh yeah. I do that all the time. Every time I am drinking water, there's a really interesting study. I'm not going to remember it off the top of my head, but I'm sure if you Google, you know, do water molecules change with thought, the study will come up because that they have shown that water molecules can change just based on your thoughts, Um, which is, yeah, it's so interesting, but um, I do that all the time. Every time before, well, as often as I remember, I hold the cup of water and, you know, say my intentions before I drink it, because then I'm infusing those water molecules with that intention. Mm -hmm. And then since your body is mostly water, when you drink it, you are replacing the water in your body with the water that you set with intention. And nobody knows that you're doing it. Yeah. Wow. That is so cool. And there was actually another study that makes me think of, and I also don't, I can link both of them though, um, where they sent these monks in to an area with really high crime. And all they had to do was just meditate about, I think just meditate in general or meditate about peace every day. And within a really short amount of time, the crime rate really, really went down just from that. That is so interesting. Yeah. I know. So our thoughts and our intentions really have so much power. Yeah, they really do. Um, That's so cool. Um, And so another kind of jumping topics a little bit, you mentioned the craft, uh, which I love, by the way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. Oh, actually, have you seen the new one? I have not. I want it. I don't remember why I haven't yet, but I should. It's, It's on my list. I wanted to. And I remember thinking like, oh, should I, am, am I going to be super disappointed <laughs> like, of what it is compared to the original? But I think I want to watch it anyway. So I haven't yet, but I want to. It's very cute. Um, <laughs> but where I was going with that was um, you mentioned how a lot of those things are rooted in real things. Not everything, of course. Um, and one of your first episodes of 2022 talked about the, I think, four main methods of magic and sources of energy. And so I was wondering if you could do a quick recap for us here. Absolutely. Yeah. So there are four main methods of magic, and this is just what I've been 
taught and have experienced over the years. So if anybody has a different method of magic, like please let me know and I will add it to my list, but these are the four that I've really found. Um, the first being the most common and it's called sympathetic magic. And that is you know, like causing like. So what you do is take an item that is symbolic for a person, um, an event item or energy that you're trying to manifest mm. and use that within the spell, which is why we use correspondences. So um, a lot of people are familiar with rose quartz being corresponding to love energy, whether that's self-love or romantic love. And when they're doing some sort of love spell, they use rose quartz. And that's mm. because it is sympathetic. You're, you're causing like causes like, so you're trying to draw in more love into your life. So you are using rose quartz in that spell to manifest that because it represents love. You want to draw in more love. So that is sympathetic magic. Mm -hmm. Um, the second one is the magical link method, which is very similar, but it's specifically using tag locks. So mm -hmm. Magical link is the belief that something that was once part of someone can still affect them mm. or um, that you're making something to give to a person that will influence them like kitchen magic. So magical link is like using puppets or, or spell dolls um, to represent that person. It is using, you know, your hair or nail clippings in a spell because it's still magically linked to you. Or in kitchen magic, if you're, you know, making something for peace in your home because your kids are fighting, so you make infuse the soup that you're making with with peace um, energy and serve that. That is also a magical link because you believe that soup will influence the people who are going to consume it. Hmm. The third one is called gnosis, and that is spelled G N O S I S. And hmm. this term originated in what's called chaos magic, but um, it's used, you know, all kinds of places outside of chaos magic. And yeah. that just refers to a mental state where everything is cleared from your mind, except the one goal you're focusing on. So it allows your intention to like bury deeply into your unconscious and continue to work there. So that's kind of what we do in visualization practices. Um, when your mind is completely clear and you just focus on and visualize exactly what you want to happen. So that is inhibitory gnosis, which is like meditation or gazing. Mm -hmm. And there's also excitatory gnosis, which is building up so much energy around that one specific goal that everything is drowned out. Um, that's what people do when they are singing, dancing, drumming, any sort of sensory overload is just focusing so hard um, in an excited way on this one thing in order to get that to manifest. Mm. And then the last one is the complete opposite of gnosis, which is <laughs> the um, set it and forget it method. It's called amnesia spells. So huh. you don't dwell on it and you don't link you like your wanting and desire to the spell. Um, so it manifests incorrectly. So it's yeah. just something where you do the spell, you set it and totally forget about it and don't think about it again and just expect that it's going to work. And uh, sigil magic is one of the most common versions of this where um, you draw a sigil to match your intention. Um, for me, 
one that comes to mind is protection over my house. So I draw the protection mm-hmm. sigil and I put it somewhere, you know, by the door or on the outside of my house and I just leave it alone and I forget it. And I just assume that my house is protected and that's done. Yeah. Um, so some people really don't like that method where they just don't <laughs> think about it anymore, but I really do. I really like that. Yeah. So those are the four. Oh, thank you. I love those. And the last one, um, I feel like I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> never mind. I got it back. I feel like that really requires a lot of surrender. Do you, would you agree? It really does. And, um, I think it's surrender and also a sense of self-confidence. Mm. Uh, a lot of, a lot of people don't like it, uh, when they are beginners yeah. because beginners struggle uh, with that confidence that their, their spell is going to work and they need, you know, some sort of proof that, that yeah. it happened or it, it's happening. Um, so yes, it, it definitely, you're surrendering it to the universe or if you work with deities or spirits or whatever it is that you believe in and work with, you're surrendering it to the, to them to assist you. Um, you're yeah. just asking the universe for it. So yeah, definitely surrendering, but also that you're, you're confident in knowing that what you did was right. You put your energy into it. You believe that it's something that you should have or get. Um, and you just leave it alone. Yeah. I love that point that it takes a lot of self-confidence. Yeah. And you know, it's totally fine if you don't have that as a beginner. I I didn't either. (laughs) There's there's no way that I would have just set something and like, I would have been thinking about it constantly. I couldn't have just left it alone and and assumed that it was going to work. I was like, but wait, what's going on? I need to know. I need to check in. So it's normal to feel that way in the beginning. Yeah. And so actually that segues perfectly. Um, So if someone's hearing this and they're like, Ooh, I want to get into that, but that's a lot of information. Uh, Where do you (laughs) think they should start? Oh yeah, definitely um, tough to start. So if you have never stepped into witchcraft before, you are literally just coming to this, coming to, you know, Samantha's podcast or my podcast, and you have no idea what you like or want to do, or even start trying, um, then I would recommend the book um, Before You Cast a Spell by Carl McCullman. I always recommend that for beginners because it has great foundational information. There is not a spell to be found in the book. You have to walk before you can run. Um, mm-hmm. And his tone is con- kind of condescending. Like people really hate it for that. But it's just, <laughs> I mean, it has really good information in it. Yeah. And I think another really good one um, that people like a lot more is Psychic Witch by Matt Oren. And it is completely filled with visualization and intention setting exercises. So that is a great place to start if you're a beginner because you don't need any tools. Um, I know it's really enticing to go out there and especially if you're not in the broom closet and buy like every book, crystal and candle that you can get your hands on. I know that they are pretty and sparkly. I love them too, but it it ends up costing you a lot and you don't know what you're going to like and use. So I definitely recommend psychic witch because you don't need anything to do anything that he talks about in that book. It's completely you and your mind and your visualization. And I think that's a great place for beginners to start because you are going to use visualization and intention setting throughout your entire practice. Mm -hmm. It's not something that ever goes away. It's always, it's part of everything that you do. So to really get that good foundational knowledge, that would be a really good place to start for complete beginners. And then if you are 
a little more advanced and you're kind of confident in your abilities in those areas, then I recommend picking just one thing. I know that's hard to do, <laughs> but just <laughs> one thing, like one topic that's really calling to you and start there with some like beginner books. So if you are really drawn to plants and herbalism, then just start there. Ignore candle magic for now, um, ignore ancestor work for now, and just stick to the herbs and the plants, if that's really what's calling to you. And then eventually you can branch out from one thing to another and incorporate all of those together. But to, if you're just starting out and you try to set up an ancestor altar that has herbal correspondences that link to, you know, intuition and contacting ancestors. And you're also trying to put the right crystals on the altar and a candle in the right color. Like that's so much. It's it's so much. Yeah. It's not, you're going to burn out so quickly. So don't Mm. try to do everything. If you really want to contact your ancestors, put up a picture and, and that's it. And start, start working that way. Just start small with whatever one single thing calls to you. Oh, I love that. And I feel like I, well, one, I definitely fell into that trap of buying all this stuff and then realizing I don't even know what to do with it. Uh, not only did I fall into that trap in the beginner, I fall into that trap. Like every single time I go to the witchcraft store, I'm like, yes, let me fill my little cart with absolutely everything you have here. Even though I know I won't use it. I know I'm that way with tarot cards. I'm like, I already have enough, but then I see a new deck and I'm like, wow, so pretty. I know. I know it happens for me every year during Leo season. So everyone else out there, if you find yourself from end of July through mid-August buying everything inside, it's because it's Leo season. And I am, I have to like lock myself in the house and not go to the occult store during August because I know that I'm going to spend $200 and I cannot. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, and you had actually, you talked about this with I forgot what her name was, maybe Kayla on, on your podcast towards the end of the year, mistakes you made in witchcraft or in beginning witchcraft. Ah, uh, yes. Becca, the stitching witch. Yes. We had a lot of mistakes we went over and that was on both of our lists. Yeah. Um, Kayla also so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and you also mentioned like, at first you were really afraid of doing it wrong. Um, and so I really love that. You kind of touched on that too, of like, you can just start slow and just put out a picture of your ancestor and, and go from there. You don't have to like dive in right away. Yeah, absolutely. Start with small steps. And I don't think beginners necessarily have to be afraid of doing it wrong because there's not a lot that you can do wrong. And I don't particularly think that there are any dire consequences. I know some people are really going to not like that or disagree with me. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's anything really bad that's going to happen other than if you don't practice safety. Like there are a lot of herbs that you should not consume because they are actual poisons. So in terms of that, but if you're being, you know, safe with your, in the mundane sense of, you know, not starting fires in the middle of a dry forest, and things like that, then magically there's, I don't think there's a lot that will go seriously wrong. You're not going to your first day out and you pick the wrong candle color and crystal and all of a sudden you summoned a demon that's stuck with you for the next two months ruining your life that's not going to happen it won't 
I promise. <laughs> so um, I don't think there's these huge, like drastic dire situations that you don't need to be scared as a beginner that you're going to, you, you are going to do something wrong. We're all going to mess up. It just, <laughs> it happens. And yeah. you, you know, cleanse it, dispose of it and move on and try again. Yeah. And I, um, I think you even mentioned this in this episode, but, uh, I think you mentioned that this really comes from like the, what we're taught about witchcraft, which is that like, it's an easy portal to hell and like, yeah, it's evil and like Satan is going to be attached to you. And it's like, as long as your intentions are good, like nothing really bad could happen. Yeah, it really cannot. And in order to even contact or make contracts with these sort of darker energies, if you do believe in Satan and demons and mm-hmm. you do want to work with them, which is an absolute legitimate part of the practice as well. Um, it takes a lot of energy. They don't just appear out of nowhere. You really have to work <laughs> for it. So the, the thinking that you're going to yeah. you know, call them and be working with them by accident is just, it's not going to happen. Oh, what a good point. It takes a lot of energy. Yeah. You really have to put some intention and, and focus in, into that and a lot of energy that it just as a beginner, it's not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, and I feel like one of the really easy ways, at least for me to get into kind of beginner witchcraft is by the seasons. And so when this comes out, it'll be spring will have started maybe three weeks ago. And so I was just wondering if you could touch on some of your favorite things to do in spring. Yay. I do love practicing seasonally as well. I agree with you. Um, I like spring, dislike summer (laughs) strongly. Um, I am a winter person through and through. So I love winter fall and, you know, spring are okay. Summer, no, not so much. So we're actually entering, like starting to go into the season of my practice slowing down and, and dwindling. And I think it's okay to, um, to do that and to work more seasonally. Cause a lot of people are not winter people. And so for the past couple of months, they haven't been doing anything and that's fine too. Um, so my practice really slows down in the spring and summer. I do try to, you know, keep up some daily things. Um, and I find that easier in the spring, but one of the things I really enjoy doing in springtime is actually finally getting outside because mm. in Chicago, you are indoors from November until there's usually one nice day in March. <laughs> and then you're, you're looking at end of April <laughs> before you can really um, be outside. So I, I mean, I am a homebody and I love being at home, but at some point you have to go outside and you have to get sunlight, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, emerge. Um, so I do love doing that in the spring. So that's one of my favorite things is to take my dog, go outside, go on walks. We live, um, close to a little park and forest preserve area that we can go walk and actually see the signs of spring. Um, mm. instead of, you know, being on my phone or something that's like distracting. I just focus on what's actually coming up, um, noticing what new birds are out or what little buds are popping out of the ground. Um, it can be really fun to take a plant book with you or an app to, hmm. you can take a picture of whatever plants and herbs are growing um, and it can help you identify what that is. So I actually love doing that in the springtime before it gets too hot. Yeah. Um, because I feel like connecting with nature, um, Mm -hmm. is a big part of my practice. Um, and nature has been so dormant for the last few months. So it's nice to see Mm -hmm. it like 
recognize the cycles and see it coming back to life. Oh, I love that. And before I keep going, I just want to say, I also really hate summer. So I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> it is just, oh, I don't like the heat and it's mm-hmm. just, summer is not my season. I don't like it. Yeah. Bugs, and I, I'm not a fan. Yeah. I, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Ayurveda, but my body type is Pitta, which is like very hot and very fiery. Um, so when I'm in summer where it's like hot and fiery all around me, I just feel miserable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what my body type, I'm going to look into it. I know. And I feel like summer is supposed to be the time where you're like, outgoing and energized and doing all these things. And I'm just so freaking tired in the summertime. Yeah. I, I try not to even plan a lot for the summer. My friends are always like, let's go do this. Let's, and I beach is the worst. I hate everything about the beach. Like <laughs> I hate sand. And I think Lake Michigan water is so disgusting and dirty. And I just don't even want to be there. I don't like being in the sun. My friends are like, let's go to the beach. I'm like, I will do literally anything else but preferably it needs to involve air conditioning. So I'm just not, not going to the beach with you. It will not happen. Yes. I will. And I love that too. Not just because it validates my hatred. (laughs) (laughs) It also gives permission to just be, so living cyclically, we can get information from nature or from other people and see what they're doing. But really it all comes back to knowing yourself well enough to know what seasons are good for you and which ones you might want to stay home. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of people, their witchcraft is more dormant in the winter. And that's when mine like really comes alive. I'm like, yeah, outside and I'm doing stuff with snow and icicles. And I feel like that's so much fun. And that wakes me up. But for some people, they're like, I'm not going out there in, you know, two inches of snow. I'm done. (laughs) Like, that's it. I'm staying inside. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And and one thing I love to do, I'm going to have to look at one of those um, plant or herb, uh, apps that you mentioned. I love to go to the botanical gardens every spring. Oh yeah. Those are so pretty. Yes. And everything is coming up brand new. Love that. Yeah. And I feel like that's so symbolic to us. What's, what's birthing for us, what's coming back out for us, what's re-emerging for us. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. Um, well, I think that's all the questions I had for you. Is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you'd like to add? Um, I don't think so. I think we hit everything that I wanted to talk about. It was beautiful. And so I would love for you to send our listeners home with a resource or a meditation or a challenge or whatever else you'd like to do for them to do this week. Oh, yay. That's so much fun. (laughs) All right. Well, let me go with a challenge then, because I already gave you some resources for books and things. Um, So let me give you a challenge that involves getting outside, whether or not you are a spring person. Um, And regardless of what the weather is, because you can still do a lot, even if it's raining outside. I know that that's a lot of what we've got going on here um, is a lot of rain at this time, but there's a lot that you can still do and see when it's raining. So my challenge for you is to definitely get outside and notice something that you have not noticed before. So maybe that's, you know, in a local park near you to find a completely different plant that you've never noticed before, 
or even go outside at night and find a star that you've never seen before. And there are apps mm-hmm. for that too. Like night sky is my favorite where you just point it up and it tells you exactly what every star is. Love oh, cool. that. So that's my, my challenge for you is to find something outside that you have not noticed before. Oh, I love that. And I'm also going to download the night sky app. That sounds really cool. Oh yeah. I love it. <laughs> Ooh, cool. Well, thank you so much. And so we already know you have a beautiful podcast on Wednesdays. Where can we find that podcast? Uh, I am on every listening platform. So anywhere that you normally listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, I record on Anchor. So it's over at anchor.fm slash which Wednesdays. Um, and yes, every Wednesday. And if you need the link specifically, I have a website, whichwednesdays.com, and that links to everywhere you can find the podcast and everywhere that you can find me, which is uh, Instagram, YouTube, and Patreon. Yeah. And can you briefly talk about your Patreon? Oh, yes. So Patreon, I have um, new content every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday on Patreon. Yes. So a lot. um, it, It is. So if you follow me everywhere, if you listen to the podcast on Wednesdays and follow me over on Patreon and on YouTube. There's a new YouTube video every Friday. So that's me five days a week. <laughs> so you get lots of, lots of content from me if you follow me all those places. Um, so the Patreon community is three days a week and there is all kinds of stuff over there. And I started that in, towards the end of 2020. So there's lots of back content too that you can get your hands on. And it's got um, more history, uh, related to witchcraft, there are videos, spells, recipes, um, just daily witchcraft idea, tarot videos, absolutely everything <laughs> related to witchcraft over there. That is so cool. And I looked at your Patreon. It's only $5 a month for all that. It is just five bucks a month. Wow. I mean, I spend more than that on a coffee now, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's the price of one cup of coffee in your month. And yes, you get tons of content and I am most available to patrons. So I answer, you know, questions directly and I respond to them right away. So any sort of troubleshooting issues that they have with spells and stuff, um, that's what that community is for. Oh, that's so cool. And I just love Patreon in general. I need to get more into that because I feel like it makes all this stuff really, really accessible too. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So cool. Thank you so much. Um, I guess that's everything. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I'm really excited for this. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was a joy to be here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. If you liked this episode, it would mean the world to me and my guest if you would rate and review this podcast. Um, You can do that on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Spotify actually just created a new option to rate your favorite podcasts. Um, So that would be a wonderful way to help the show grow and also just to show me some support and love. Or maybe you'd like to send this episode to someone you think would benefit from it. 
Um, if you'd like to tag me or my guests on social media or comment on this episode post, you can find me on Instagram at empowered.spirituality. And on that Instagram uh, account, I also share things related to holistic health, uh, menstrual cycle awareness, uh, movement, um, and all kinds of things. So I would love for you to give me a follow over there. And lastly, I am taking clients for one-on-one session work. I offer three and six months programs with the option to keep going. Um, in these one-on-one coaching containers, we really get to do a deep dive of spirituality, if that's something that interests you, or if not, we don't touch it. Um, movement, food, your menstrual cycle, if you have one. And we also really do a deep dive into our intuition uh, and our authenticity. And we also look at things like how much we're consuming alcohol and substances. And we use a really intuitive, flexible framework for approaching these things that we're really taught are strict uh, in our culture. So I'd love to see you over there. My website is empoweredspirituality.online and you can book a free consultation call. But until next time, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next Thursday.